This is the audio podcast with Samuel Freeman and Scott Hewitt. It's Wednesday, the twentieth April. It's the audio podcast. Yay! I'm Sam Freeman. I'm Scott Hewitt. And this show title is for Skynet. Okay. News items. Spotify. We mentioned it lots of times, and now it's actually in the news. Yep, uh, we, we we love Spotify, but maybe our love for Spotify is dwindling. Well, it was always the case that you could say, yeah, it's the the the, level, the the playing field has altered. It's not quite as level as it was. It's no more. If you don't pay, then you just get adverts and you don't get stuff offline. But from first of May, anyone who's been there more than six months will have serious limitations imposed upon their listening. Serious limitations. I'm not sure I go as far as serious. Okay, so very quickly, you're you're limited to ten hours a month um, of audio down in there. Obviously, that isn't including the actual advert time. That's just the actual played material okay. back. So, in fairness, that's two hundred tracks. So it's still quite a lot of quite a lot of music, isn't it? Um, the bigger thing for myself, though, is um, that you can only play five track. You can only play a track five times, which I think is slightly a slightly bigger limitation. In, in my mind. I can understand why they're doing that, though. Like, you know, if people are listening to the same track over and over again, then they're probably doing it rather than purchasing. Yes. So, yeah. I guess the, the labels are probably push, have probably pushed that clause on them, I would, I would guess. Because, you know, I'm, I'm aware that there's, there's a couple of albums that I'm, that I'm enjoying on Spotify, which I haven't bought because I can listen to them on Spotify. And so this would stop you from just doing that again and again? Yeah, it, it would drive me to, to purchase from somewhere, I guess. And yep. Or purchase Spotify, and then you can listen to more than 10 hours and as many times as you want. Yeah. I, I still have major concerns about the whole Spotify model, because I just don't see how they can... Because how, how, you, you're a subscriber, aren't you? Mm. So how much do you pay? £10-ish. £10-ish. Nine ninety nine, I think. Yeah, and that gets you as much music as you want to listen to, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah, you see. So if they divide the number of songs you listen to by £10, I can't imagine that's really... That's a lot of money. It's true. Um, but that's £10 every month. The way I look at it is I could buy a CD a month for about that much. And that would be just listening to one thing. Yeah. I don't know. I think that the albums I do, I have certain albums which I listen to all the time on there, which I do not own in any other format. And the, because I listen to them every month, a proportion of my subscription would go to that artist's record label every month rather than the one-off payment which although would get them a larger few pence from the 10 pounds outlay at least it's ongoing i don't know i don't i'm not i i have my suspect you, you know I, I think we should look into this and we should have a fe- we should we should we should have a feature because i i don't think people are getting a penny out of i well no sorry i'm sure the artists are being paid i don't mean in that sense what i mean is i think you'll find the artists are getting paid hundreds of pennies per track play and you know, I mean, I think that's probably what's going on. I remember looking at the last FM stuff was looked at a lot closer when they first came out, and it was definitely kind of in that sort of territory, mm. and it was like a hundredth of a penny per play sort of style. So, yep. I know that we've got some stuff up on. Um, I've, I've got some material that I'm responsible for up on Last FM, and it's on like kind of a couple of thousand plays. And I think we well yet to receive anything to the extent where I just declined to be part of their payment system and just came away from that because I was like, it's. So much hassle to work out how I would cope with the penny that may eventually come in. That <laughs> I, I just don't want to have to bother about it, so I'm not. So, 
but that's cool. We still like Spotify. I'm saying it's still. We still we still like music. I mean, well, we still I've, like I've music. mentioned I say lots of times that the whole thing is a bit of a mystery how it all works. But yeah, we've returned to that in a bit. No, we? we've got we've got another. Um, should we skip to that right away? Maybe that's. Well, okay, let's skip to it right away. There's um, on little white earbuds. Oh, you want to you want to skip all the way to that, or it's going to be a, a, a slice out? Yeah, Everything so. popular is wrong. So says so the title, making it in electronic music. It's quite a depressing read, but it goes along with. I often, I've often commented that I just it's a bit of a mystery how the whole music industry thing works. I've been, I've never, I've been making music for a long time and some gigging things and time, but I've never made any money out of it. And there's this kind of like I, idea. And this kind of perception that, you know, somewhere along the line people are making money, but who are these people and, and how does it really work? And with the fact that people can make it in the the democratization of the process was supposed to be a great thing when all of a sudden computers were fast enough in the home to be able to do all sorts of stuff that wasn't even possible before. But it's obviously not quite gone the way that people might have predicted 10, 15 years ago. What 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 I found really interesting about about the story actually is the the fact that he cites the uh, the arrival of the four track tape recorder mm-hmm. um, into the home environment as an example of where the democratization idea failed again because you know it's, essentially everybody got the four track recorder so you could essentially do a four track you you, you could do a four track and that's mm-hmm. enough to do a lot of you know a lot of stuff yet that led to a a localized boom maybe in the New York scene at the time but then after that it just kind of went away back to the major labels doing the major major releases. Yep. So I thought that was an interesting historical historical precedent. And I guess when you consider that in terms of what's happened over the last decade, so even though everybody talks about the bedroom, you know, bedroom-based producer and all that sort of stuff and it's all happening, you know, the, the, the major labels have already fended off that kind of attempt with the four-track mm-hmm. four stuff and beat it. And you can kind of see why they didn't consider it an inevitability what what is happening and I, I think you know the the days of the big labels are probably numbered in my opinion because i don't see where they what role they offer anymore but you can kind of see why they they are fighting to preserve their survival make to me it makes more sense because they've already done it once and survived so hence why wouldn't you pick the fight a second time around yeah. it's an interesting read though isn't it it's up on uh, little whiteearbuds.com um it's a well-written piece uh, i'm just trying to, what's the gentleman's name it's right at the bottom, but yeah. not at the very bottom because there's comments at the end. Um, Stefan Goldman. That's right, yeah. yeah. So, so that's cool. I think I'd, I'd recommend that as a read. Obviously, it'll be in the show notes. That'd be cool. So you can check that out. Um, a little bit more kind of, well, momentarily UK centric, but uh, Martin Audio uh, got the contract to do the Royal Wedding. Is it specifically for the Royal Wedding, or is it just that Martin Audio have got the contract to do the sound reinforcement within Westminster Abbey? I think it's a two. I think, isn't it? Yeah, I guess they figured. If seen as everybody's going to be paying attention to this place, maybe we should update its sound system. And Martin Audio got the gig. Well done. Yeah, there. good for them. I just thought you know, we need some sort of wedding event. So hence it's there. Um, our, our I think our only Apple orientated event of the day is a uh, Korg released the Islet Tribe Gorillas Edition. Yeah. Um, app. So that's available for download from the App Store for iPad. Um, anything running iOS 4.2, it looks cool. Um, obviously done in collaboration with the Gorillas group as well. So, There's Gorillas pioneers of the Flash website. I remember back in the day when they were releasing their first album, they had a one of the most comprehensive Flash sites of the time. Which, yeah, 
Yeah, that's cool. They've always um, very on the ball, haven't they? The entire team behind that, behind that kind of thing happening there as well. They got there's some cool songs as well. So that's like see, that. that's that's what major label can get you. That's true. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Uh, moving on, uh, some other um, available bits here. Um, Animato. Oh, it's it's on. Um, yeah. Animato. Yeah, I'd say Animato. Animato. Um, have released a, a free sample pack. Well, it's uh, actually at Tonescape.de, isn't it? And I think the name of the sample pack, pack is Animato. Animato yeah. yeah. It's a 100% free sample pack with over a thousand samples in loop and WAV and Rex format. Yep, it's um, 376 megabytes of stuff. So. I've um I, I wanted to be able to talk more about it, but it's still downloading. I've got four minutes left to download that, so I haven't had actually had a chance to look inside. But hundred percent free. There you go. Yeah, it's cool. It's hundred percent free, but there is a PayPal. There is yep. a, pa- a PayPal donate button that you could make use of if you wanted to, and I think that's that's a nice kind of subtle way to offer that, isn't it? I think. Very much. Yeah. Cool. Um, more stuff that's free. Um, so. This is a Windows-only thing. I thought for a bit of balance, we might throw that in. It's a VST host um, digital audio workstation called Darkwave Studio, which is from Experimental Scene. Um, it's in the news section because they've got a new version out. Their current version is 3.4.3. Just checking it hasn't changed overnight. And yeah, they've got a quite interesting interface on the main studio interface as they call it your vst plugins appear in a stomp box style a bit like the audio tool we were looking at last week where you can drag and drop connections and move things around on the screen yeah that's right yeah dynamic routing of stuff and yeah it, i would i would give it a go if i had a windows machine so that's cool it runs on a windows 7 vista and xp so it's uh, on the three latest versions there that's kind of cool um 32-bit based recording as well there, and it um, and and you can do an export out to MP3 or FLAC, so that's a certainly seems quite comprehensive. Yeah, no, that's that's a very interesting thing actually. We should acquire a Windows box so we can take a closer look at these items. No, we would if anyone wants to um, volunteer their Windows machine for reviewing such things, that'd be good. That'd be ace. They could even just review them for us and bring them on to get them on the show. That'd be awesome stuff. Mm. One more note: more VST stuff. Two more VST things we've got. Um, Next one is from Sugarbytes, and they've just announced, although I don't think it's been released, um, Turnado. It's a... One knob turns it all. That's right. They've got... It's a multi-effects unit inside one VST where you have eight effects loaded up, and each one has one knob, and you turn the knob and it switches it on. You carry on turning the knob, and it changes the parameters of the effect. The idea being that you can have less physical control. So if you've got a MIDI controller, you've got instant access to lots of parameters all changing against one knob. And then you can go under the hood and change what that mapping is from the one knob to the many parameters. That sounds really fun. As, uh, I often find when I'm working with an effect, the, the big issue I have is, you know, you've got so many bits, so many things you can change, and it's like, uh, yep. whereas, you know, just having uh, one button, you get it and done like that. So to be able to, yeah fade between different settings there which are more complicated it's it's a nice kind of throwback to the hardware days you remember like the i always think back to like kind of like uh, ultra verbs or something like that you know like a hardware effects unit where basically you could you know you, you chose the program do do you know pressing the buttons and then there would be one dial inevitably named value or 
data <laughs> and then you kind of turned it and it changed something and if you had the manual to hand then you could obviously work out what you were actually doing but or you could just have a listen or you could just kind of listen good. and keep spinning it and inevitably you just end up spinning it all the way to one end don't you because that's where it sounds the most ridiculous yeah you're like oh yeah so it's uh, doing that nice and so this will give you eight of them in one unit no serious well that's eight active i think there's um there's a bank of what 24 or something different things in there which you can yeah it on. looks so. it, it looks like a nice interface as well actually yeah, yeah, but that's yet to be released so that's early summer that's due to be out keep an eye on that that's cool yeah we should definitely uh definitely keep an eye on that one there as well uh moving on to there another plug-in if i remember is the um amplitude custom shop yep so amplitude version three have a free download which is um got quite a bunch, quite a lot of stuff in there already um the list has escaped me. 24 models, including 9 stomps, 4 amps, 5 cabs, 3 mics, 2 rack effects, and a tuner. There you go. So that's what you get for free. Um, then if you, you're having fun, you can choose to buy new modules from their custom shop, which is built into the interface, I believe. So you just click across, and you can buy for between 5 and 20 credits. You can buy different units. And then, obviously, you have to pre-buy your credits which, depending on how many you buy, costs different amounts. So starting at $1 equals one credit, or if you buy 200 credits at a time, then you're only paying 60 cents per credit or something. This, this, this is definitely the new model, isn't it? This is, this is the kind of emerging model. It's, you, you get a free thing, which is, essentially a, which is essentially the kind of interface and I.O. For the, for the processing, and then you head off to the App Store and buy the processing. Isn't it? I think that's that's it. Yep. So you get you've got the foot in the door for free. You can have a play, but actually everybody has got access to the same set of effects. And so if you want to customize your sound. How 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 successful do you think this is going to be? Because it it's essentially it, it's it's essentially a kind of reboot of buying a VST. I wonder whether or not it's going to help get around the piracy problem in some ways. Is it? I mean. In my much younger days, I had access to all sorts of high-end software, which I didn't pay a penny for. And I'm kind of out of touch with that now, because now I know which tools I want, having tried everything that was available 20 years ago, or maybe not quite long ago. Yeah. Um, and now I just pay for things. So I can't imagine it being as easy to get this kind of integrated stuff on the black market. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just naive. Possibly, because it, it just strikes me, the only concern I'd have is, um, I, I don't know a lot about this, it's, you know, th- this kind of th- this kind of thing, Amplitude, I, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know a lot about it, it's not the kind of stuff that I work with on a kind of daily basis, but the, the thing that strikes me about this is that I, I'd probably rather have, like, a VST or an audio unit that I can drag across anywhere, and obviously the advantage of the audio unit is I can run it on the OS level and actually interface in and out of it for anything at all, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I'd probably, you know... There's lots of that that I really like, and if I was to get in a situation where I have to start buying plugins for particular things, then you start to kind of lock yourself into you're locking yourself into a system, and these systems are very young, so mm-hmm. they're not all going to last. And then what happens when you've got a whole load of plugins you've bought for a now redundant, no longer supported thing? I wonder. I don't. I, I don't wonder. know. It's. I think. I would imagine that in terms of portability in the short time frame, these purchases are against your user account. And so 
if you had a new machine, you'd probably be able to get your own setup mirrored onto it. Um, in terms of hardware, these things, um, it's IK Multimedia that make this, and they have a number of audio interfaces. Obviously, this is guitar-oriented, which there's quite a few things aimed in this market at the moment. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens in the long run. But you're talking, I mean, this is comparable prices to actually buying physical stump boxes. And although, yes, they would last forever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, when you put it like that, why don't you just... Well, it's a lot smaller, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I'm saying if you're carrying 20 stump boxes or one thing, there's a a definite cost, well, effort back cost saving, isn't there, immediately? Yeah. Yeah. I know, it, it it just, you know, it was a, it just came to my mind, it was something I just thought about, we should maybe get those guys in and perhaps they have catch some DMA in the other places and just ask them, you know, what what do they see as the option for this in the, in the midterm sort of stuff. Um, another, another story, again, um, kind of, well, it, it is immediately local to the UK, but I think it has implications further beyond that. Um, the... Um, in, in the dying days of the previous government from here, the Digital Economy Act was uh, pushed through the Commons quite aggressively, which was a, a whole... It, it, I think... Yeah, I'd, I probably... I probably it, I would struggle to give a very balanced opinion on this, so I'll just kind of start here to say I'm very opinionated about this, and this isn't a balanced discussion of this issue whatsoever. But anyway, so uh, the Digital Economy Act was rammed through Parliament in the dying days of the, dying days of the government. Um it essentially, reinf- essentially was designed to reinforce a lot of old business models by il- making illegal various activities and putting in steps measures to prevent people like that. So as a consequence, we now have this theoretical situation where if you were accused of file sharing and failed to prove your innocence, you could be permanently disconnected from the internet. So this is as opposed to innocent until proven guilty this is if somebody if once you've had the finger pointed at you you've now got to prove your innocence yeah well they were kind of shifting that but also essentially there was no if you were caught pirating material then you would be handled as if you were pirating physical cds so you would face a fine possible imprisonment and that would be it now they've added in the disconnection from the internet with a much lower burden of proof like that that's the kind of situation it got to now um, the ISPs, whose main objection to this, I think in the first instance, their main objection to this was the fact that the onus was thrown on them. So they were like, you now got to keep a record of what's going on. And from them, that was going to be a huge problem. And so you can imagine everybody's on, you know, people are pulling down maybe two or three gig a day. I think it's probably, you know, a lot of people are in that sort of territory. Mm-hmm. If they have to copy everything, if they have to keep a record of everything that everybody's taking down that's a massive amount of resource that they're going to have to throw to that. And I think in the first instance, that was their initial problem. Then I think they realized that they could kind of, you know, they were kind of being perceived as being the good guys in this argument, and they probably kind of played to that. So anyway, (laughs) they they took it to court to object to this, uh, to object to this instance, and essentially have been kind of slapped down. And they've been told that they can they can do that it isn't a violation of people's people's human rights uh, from the eu eu directives for for this thing to exist so as a consequence they're you know they're discussing taking it to the european court now as a larger appeal but hasn't been they haven't decided if they're actually going to do that or not so i think it's you know the french are obviously heading down this route as well aren't they in trying to um i'm, I'm going to try and stay out of this as much as i can because it, 
yeah, it's it's very quick to get very political. But yes, there, and also I know that um, Canada have, have have any interesting things thrown around about their equivalent or similar laws to do with internet access and the likes, and the use of these things. Well, it's things like um, you know, I'm saying. Just moving further down the article, the, artic- the, the best article I found about it was inside the Guardian. But they were just saying that the, um, you know, the, the ISPs are being expected to pay 25% of the bill of this mass notification system. And they're obviously, you know, that's the, that's a, that, that could be enough money to actually kind of significantly impact their business. And in the long run, the, you know, the affordability of broadband access into the country, which I think is a, potentially a big problem. Obviously, as you'd expect, this is the reason it's on this show here is because it's being driven by the music labels and the the film industry. Yep. Who and the Premier League actually—that's the other big kind of driver behind this as well. Because is that right? They're concerned about their content being copied as well. Because if you don't have a Sky subscription, you can't see Premiership football. So it's being streamed in from other places now, and they're kind of wanting to stop that. I've lost count of the number of things I thought of to say, which I'm choosing not to. No, go for it. No, no, I'm, no, no, I'm not pulling you on this here. I'm not going to get drawn into the political discussions on record. No. <laughs> no, wait, fair enough. Anyway, that's an article going through. I just thought I'd bring it to people's attention that, you know, however you feel about the Digital Economy Act, the, the first round of kind of legal opposition to it has essentially failed. So if, if you are, if you do have a concern about it or you want to get involved in it, you know, now's probably a time to start to consider some involvement. Cool. There you go. Okay, I'm going to move on. Um, you know, are we, are th- we, this isn't this isn't the political rant show. We do the, have a political rant show, is. but this isn't the political rant show. <laughs> um, okay, I went to plunder territory. So I could speak in a pirate's Arr. Arr. <laughs> <laughs> Well, first, okay, I um, this was I spotted this as news this week, um, but decided it might as well fit in the plunder because it's to do with Reed Gazala. Um, the news is he's got a new instrument that with a new video thereof called the Their Glyph. Their Glyph. Theroglyph. It's a bit it kind of it's a bit like a theremin, but it's local oriented. So whereas the theremin was using uses radio transmitters and receivers and then the interference with your hands within their fields to get the tone. This is using the local background radio, so wherever you place the instrument will alter the way that it sounds. Or something like that. There's a good video I I recommend. And Rui Gazala is a legend, surely. He's um he's the pretty much the is he the, he certainly claims to be the inventor of circuit bending and I think he has a fairly good claim on that. His yeah. webpage is anti dash theory dot com and if you've never come across this guy, check him out. That's cool. Yeah. Like that there. Um my first bit of plunder for for the for, for this week's show are, is um, the Altered Zones website. Um, they, keep, they kept on coming up on my Twitter feed and I eventually went and checked them out. It's, uh, it, it's a really cool site, actually. Um, it's, it it uh, unites 15 kind of bloggers and their own sites into kind of one big site. And they, they well, as they say themselves, their aim is to highlight one of, the, one of the more overlooked narratives in contemporary music, the proliferation of home-recorded sounds, small-scale releases, and pockets of underground activity all over the world. I've actually, it's kind of fun. It's a really cool site just to look around and get ideas. There's, you know, audio and video stuff there, reviews and technique stuff. So, I think that's a cool site. That's at alteredzones.com. Cool, I'll check that out. Um, so, speaking of studio technique and stuff, we have a webpage on 
institutesplus.com, which is six stereo microphone techniques. And yes, yeah, good little article which talks about. It, it has a nice, it has a nice bit of technique at the top, actually. I think as well. It, t- it talks about the issue of uh, phase cancellation in stereo miking, and it has a couple of diagrams that which I think illustrate the uh, the point really well. Actually, I really like that. Yep. So. It is, but yeah. So, yeah, it talks about yeah space pairs, X Y, lumen pair, orft, midside, and a decatree. It's like a return to recording theory one hundred and one. It's but, a cool site. Really, really great commentary. Actually, listen, if you're doing home recording, having two microphones, yeah, play around with, play around. Get you can get good stereo images with these simple techniques or experiment, experimental variations of them. Especially when you've not got matched microphones, you need to. It's a whole different thing, which I don't think they really go into here. They this is assuming, assuming you've got two microphones that are the same. But it's quite often the case that you don't have these things. Well, that's what I found that in the past anyway. So. Yeah. That's cool. Um, our final bit of plunder is uh, a little bit tenuous, uh, related to our show title. Um, the um, f- for those who enjoy uh, the uh, the more uh, kind of sci-fi geeky world, obviously will have no doubt noted that yesterday in the Terminator universe was the day that Skynet was due to become self-aware. So um, if that's the case, tomorrow is Judgment Day, and we may all die. But um, I thought <laughs> as a uh, if if this was the case, I thought it'd be a nice gesture to acknowledge the robotics field. If they are to become our overload masters in 48 hours' time, so hence uh, I went back to the the great YouTube video of the Honda Azimo conducting the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. So if you want to see our soon-to-be uh, overlords robot robotic overlords conducting an orchestra, here's a great link to go have a look. It's kind of fun. It kind of walks on stage and says hello, and you know, yep. So that that's why the show's called Skynet. Oh, for Skynet. That's it. There you go. That's so tenuous. Check it's really ace. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so happy we managed to put that Asimo in. videos are great though. There's also there's a whole there's a whole bunch of them. I mean this yeah, this particular one is is two years old and there's loads. Yeah. There's there's also one of them for of an Asimo failings walk upstairs. Just you know, once once you've seen like swarms of them dancing elegantly and all this and walking around and being all all humanoid in their motion, to see one fall downstairs is actually quite satisfying, I I think. If, if as as we're bringing in references from the uh from the TV universe here, you know, I think they, they, the Daleks fail to wipe out Earth a number of times because they can't go upstairs as well. So I think uh, not teaching our robots how to climb stairs is a good uh, good defense mechanism, actually, I think. That's uh, should maybe maybe encourage that. Let's hope Skynet thought of that. Yeah, how to climb stairs. Um, They're going to use the Stennis chair stairless. All right, this isn't, this isn't a, no, this is, this. This isn't a TV tech thoughts of life show. That'd be a great show. So. Okay, <laughs> you know what? We've pretty much made it to the end of the show. Uh, we've got here, we haven't actually mentioned how anybody can get in contact with us, though, so we should quickly do that. Um, you can Twitter us at the Audio Podcast, send us an email, show at theaudiopodcast.co.uk. Or just find us online at theaudiopodcast.co.uk. Yeah, don't forget if you've enjoyed the show and you haven't subscribed, then go hit, hit subscribe. You can get us through iTunes, Android, Google Listen. All sorts of things, you know, we, we don't hear about that. If you have a problem subscribing, let us know and we'll sort it out for you. Uh, it's always good to have, yeah, it's always good for people to subscribe and we can put the show straight out to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, been a little longer show than usual, hasn't it, this week? But there is a reason for that. What's because Because that? Uh, we're not here next week. That's true. We are um, taking a week off because it's, oh. it's Easter and all that. And we're, ha- we're having a week off. Yeah. The excitement of Easter, the royal wedding. We, we just didn't want to overwhelm people with audio the audio podcast show that week as well. So we're going to have a week off. Will we be back the week after? 
Yes. Okay. We're going to be back the week after. So um, the, the final thing we have to do is just get our last uh, CC Hits track. Which we've now made it down to chart place number six. They Live, is that correct? They Live by yeah. Indigo 78. Okay. It, it, it's already playing in the background. It just, just started. There it goes. That's awesome. Enjoy. Indeed. Um, I'm Scott Hewitt. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you in a fortnight. I'm Samuel Freeman. Have fun. Goodbye. Thank you.